Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Well, Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, 38 says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Where God leads uh, has been a great theme to focus uh, us again on the work of the, as Baptists overseas, isn't it? It's been great to just see these clips of uh, little glimpses of work that's being done in, in Southeast Asia. And I don't want to gloss over that or, or take anything away from that. Uh, but, you know, where God leads has also been a great theme for me personally. And, you know, I, I hope it's been a chance for us all to, to reconnect and, and to recommit to where God is leading us as a church and as individuals in our mission here in Huntley. As I said, I don't want to gloss over what's been uh, being done overseas, but uh, I, want to, I want us today to just think about our mission here, wherever you're planted. We've said many times that uh, mission is actually in our DNA here at HBC. Mission is in our DNA or is our DNA at HBC. And that's because a foundation of community transformation, the bigger picture thinking, and second mile giving has been laid over the years. It's a great foundation. And despite the challenges and the changes that we've faced along the way, we've maintained that, that foundation of going the extra mile for the community. And you know, one thing we've discovered uh, during our time here at HBC is how many struggles some people have and are still having. And yet, despite the trials, mission has captivated their hearts and it's motivated them to keep going despite setbacks and whatever's going on in their life. You know, others perhaps... Um, haven't yet caught the vision of a plentiful harvest. And perhaps that's you today. That's okay. Um, maybe today is the day to catch the vision of a plentiful harvest that simply needs more workers. And that's why in John 4 verse 35, Jesus says to lift up our eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. To lift up our eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. And this speaks of revelation. You know, our eyes are a window to our heart. And often uh, it's not until we see the need firsthand that mission grips our heart. Amen? Or perhaps you've got a mindset that missions only means going overseas. Or that perhaps, you know, that 
um, there's a set way of reaching people and it's been the way we've always done it, you know. <laughs> it's how dad did it, it's how we do it, you know. But, you know, when, when in reality you may well be doing mission in a way that's specific, even if it's a bit random, to you and your life situation. Your mission may well be caring for a friend or a relative. Your mission may be befriending a foreigner. It may be adopting or mentoring a child or a young person, helping out in community activities or simply spending time listening. And some people love writing, encouraging notes or cards or letters. I've heard of university students that have remained in the faith because someone was faithful and wrote to them every week. You know, maybe it's you know, a note to a person in prison or, or someone going through a hard time. You see, Jesus knew the mission field was everywhere. So his instruction is to ask the Lord of the harvest for more workers. He didn't ask for a bigger budget, a bigger result, more efficiency or lower costings, the things that, uh, that businesses require. Jesus simply said, ask, ask, ask the Lord of the harvest for more workers. And he knew that the greatest shortfall would always be willing goers, senders, and equippers. I'll say that again. Jesus knew the greatest shortfall would always be willing goers, senders, and equippers. Isabel Kuhn says, I believe that in each generation, God has called enough men and women to evangelize all the yet unreached tribes of the earth, it is not God who does not call, it is man who will not respond. I, I believe then that in a bid to gain more workers, um, each of us needs three things when it comes to our mission, however and wherever that might be. Three things. One, we need a revelation. Two, we need a call. And three, we need a faith-filled plan. And we see all these elements in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 to 10. So let's turn there in your Bibles, iPads, whatever you've got. Open them up at Jeremiah 1, verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Wonderful promise, isn't it? Jeremiah 1, chapter 1, verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I, will, I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. 
Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. So firstly, a revelation. See, Jeremiah son of Hilkiah was actually from a long line of priests and the expected thing if you're a priest uh, in the in the in it's your family line was to continue just serving the Lord in the temple humbly doing the routine stuff of of sacrifice and worship until finally perhaps one day he would become high priest in order to you know stand in the gap between Holy God and, and the people. But see, God was tired of half-hearted worship. He was uh, sick, physically sick of injustice in the land of Judah. So he looked for a man with a different spirit who would confront the status quo and challenge the people to repent of all of this idolatry. And he saw before time began, isn't that amazing? Before time began, he chose Jeremiah. And he saw Jeremiah that he would have faith and character to stand up to people. And so he visits him with a vision to reach the nation in verse 5, we read. And then in verse 10, he expands the revelation to be a speaker of truth to the nations, plural, and the kingdoms, plural. Wow. Now that's a revelation for a young guy who's just started perhaps shaving. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they didn't shave. <laughs> okay, God then calls Jeremiah. So the second thing is the call. God's call is to be his mouthpiece before all the people. And despite his age, some of us are worried about our age at the other end, but despite his young age, God calls him in a dramatic way, assume, uh, you know, assuring him. He's assuring him that age didn't matter. Hallelujah. <laughs> Nor did his ability to speak because Holy Spirit would speak through him in verse 7. And it's been my experience, you know, that God's call to take hold of a new opportunity in our lives often comes before we're ready for it. Amen? It often comes before it seems tidy and nice and convenient for us to do this thing. And it seems like God calls us right when we're just about finishing something else and we just sort of like want to say to God, hey, can I finish this and then start that? And in my experience, he said, no, start this while you're doing that and then I'll deal with it. So obedience to the call is important, immediate, uh, and, uh, and it brings a joy indescribable one of one or two of our daughter-in-laws have got a little saying listen and obey straight away to their children <laughs> listen and obey straight away and that's where we we need to be with our call straight not straight or later no <laughs> 
So the call of God also comes with enabling power. He doesn't call us and leave us without the ability or the power to do it. God never asks us to step out without his assurance of protection and the power to get the job done. And uh, some would say that the appointing comes with the anointing, or perhaps some others would say that, the, uh, that, that it would be the, the anointing comes with the appointing. But anyway, whichever way around, it was natural for, for Jeremiah to, to have some reservations. Who wouldn't? This young guy stepping out of rank, out of what was the normal duty of a little young priest to be the speaker of truth to the nations. But because of God's assurance to be with him, he allowed God to stretch out his hand and touch his mouth. Now that's a personal thing, isn't it? And this is significant in that the one area that he, he was most concerned about, Jeremiah was most concerned about how he could speak, God sorted it personally by reaching out his hand, metaphorically speaking, and touching his mouth. You know, what's the one big thing holding you back and me back today? What is that one big thing, our big I can't do it God thing? You know, if it's a true calling from God, he will sort it for you, providing we step out without fear. God says in verse 8, and again down in verse 19, that he will deliver Jeremiah. I will deliver you, he says twice. He backs it up. So we can trust that he's going to deliver Jeremiah, and he does. But Jeremiah didn't know that then. You see, if Jeremiah had known what was ahead, he might have had second thoughts. <laughs> I, I, I did a study on, on Jeremiah, and he, he had 40 years of trial after trial after trial. 40 years of singleness and being an outspoken prophet to a, a five successive kings of Judah. I thought it was four. I looked it up. It's actually five but two of them only lasted three months. <laughs> but <laughs> the bad guys. But um, good guys tended to last a bit longer. But he, uh, he served under five or four successive kings of Judah. And if he'd known that, that all this lay ahead of that call, would he have said yes? If you knew everything God was going to lead you into, would you say yes to the call? Thankfully, we can leave a lot of stuff to the Lord, right? And just trust Him. And just take a big giant leap for mankind. Yeah. You know, what doors would be open to you if you said yes to a bigger call today? What doors would fly open for you if you just did what He said? But be warned, it won't come without challenges. <clears throat> but in Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27, you know the story. The man who built on the sand, the man who built on the rock. Jesus said that the wise man is the one that hears these words and acts on it. So what he says we need to do, 
That's building on the rock. Building our life consistent with what we know to be true. Sometimes the call just whispers and it's easy to miss. Opportunities don't shout, they just whisper. Other times it's bright as a neon light. Like, yes. And sometimes the need is the call. How many people have gone this way and then perhaps found that they're going that way due to need? And But it's God. You know, I don't say that's the case every time. We need to be sure. But the key is to open our eyes and look at the fields white for harvest. Then listen for the still, small voice of God directing us. Amen. So we look at the big picture, the revelation. Go back to the revelation. Then listen for that still, small voice. Do I go left or right, Lord? Do I go there or there? Do I say yes or do I say no? Finally, we need a faith filled plan now this will really appeal to all the engineers here and all the thinkers like who like you know who do lists <laughs> we need a faith-filled plan um, realize it is faith that is going to drive this list um, there will be opposition to the faith-filled plan and it will come in many forms as we step out in our calling um, Jeremiah 1.10 says, See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. It's so easy for us to read this as a no from God and stay put until further instructions. This is when opposition comes. But, you know, it's important that we do have a change of location from stationary, <laughs> from being in P for park. You know, I've met heaps of Christians that are full of vision, but it's just mere talk because God can't steer a stationary life. He requires us to put the go in go and preach to the, the, nation, the gospel to all the nations. He requires some action when he's spoken. There are six verbs in verse 10. Four of them are clearing the way, pulling down enemy strongholds, plucking up or uprooting weeds of unbelief, destroying negative thinking or thought patterns, and overthrowing apathy, despair, and fear. You see, once enemy lies and strategies have been disarmed through prayer and fasting we're called to build up and to plant these last two verbs are all an effective plan for faith-filled mission to build up and to plant but there may be some things to get rid of first so what does it mean to build and plant in the spiritual? It means to pull up the sleeves and put the mahi into whatever our calling is. And if you get a bit sidetracked, at least God can steer you back on track 
if you're building something. Just build something. It might look a little bit different to what others are building or called to build, which is why we shouldn't judge until it's finished. And perhaps you're called to build alongside others. Join what's already happening, perhaps, which is, you know, also okay. And most of us find us doing that. In fact, there's lots of things in the church that we're called to build together. But let's be open to hear other good ideas in order to do it better. Remember the disciples? Lord, shall we call down fire on those guys? And Jesus said, uh-uh, wrong spirit. You know, you just concentrate on being, being thankful that you've been called yourself, you know. And, um, and so we have to just be, be aware of that. It might look a bit different somewhere else, but it's still planning the gospel, sowing, sowing, sowing hope into people's lives and building God's kingdom. You know, it's, if we harvest what someone else did the mahi to plant, let's remember to keep planting ourselves. We might not be thinking that we're a harvester, we're just a planter, but be open to, to harvesting. But if you're a harvester, be open to keeping on planting. It's just one big mega cycle of sowing and reaping in God. Let's keep sowing that precious seed of the gospel until the nations, plural, have all heard. I heard a great statement this week. The fruit we're enjoying right now didn't come from the seed we planted today. In other words, there's a delay. There's a gap. It's called time. You know, nine ladies can't make a baby in one month. <laughs> so through prayer, you're still getting it, aren't you? <laughs> it's called time. It's called time. Some things take time. <laughs> um, so through prayer, we pull down, pluck up, destroy and overthrow the enemy's weedy patch and through taking action, we build up and plant the good in its place. Is not that the faithful servant's job description? The master seeks to find him or her doing when he returns? Pulling down strongholds and building up the gospel, the good stuff. So just to sum up, we need a revelation. What does that look like for you today? Your patch. Where are you called? You need a call. You need that time, that, that, that word from God to go or to stay or to, to, to support or to pull away. You need the, the, the call. And your third thing is you need a, you need a faith-filled plan. You know, don't just do the little same old, same old stuff without faith do it but with faith do it with god saying yes in your ear listen to the still small voice of the lord
in all things. Amen. Lord, I just pray we would just have this revelation now that you have, have done great things, but you're doing great things. Father, you've, you've called and set us each apart, called us before we were born, consecrated our lives before, we, before time began. You raced through history and said, I pick you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just pray we'd just be ready to take that call and be prepared to move. Move forward. Move sideways. Move ahead in you, sometimes with big trials, big, big opposition. But Lord, don't let that fire in our hearts go out. Um, Father, I'm very aware there's many here today that are unable to do the things I'd love to do. I'm just aware that there's many here today, Father, that are st suffering from a hurt heart, a broken heart, um, sickness, um, not being able anymore to do what they'd love to do for you. Lord, help us each to find a new way to serve, a new way to love, a new way to share, Lord. Help us just to be you out in, in the world. Father, whatever that looks like, and may we just carry something of of your spirit into our workplace. Carry something of you into the shops we shop at. Lord, just take your presence with us into our lives this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.